You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ronanddon.com. Hi, what's going on? It's the Ron and Don Show. Day after New Year's. Hope you had a great New Year's. He's Ron. I'm Don. And they heard your plea. Now you got three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, even during the holidays. And Ron, if you missed some of the backup episodes during Christmas, uh, those are easy to find. Though. Yeah, thanks to Les Schwab for uh, making that possible. And you can just go back on any podcast player. Uh, scroll back. You can go all the way back to episode one. I'm like, what happened on the radio? Why were you guys? Well, what's the whole story there? That's episode one. You can listen to it at any time. It's just out there. Also, if you subscribe, that helps us. If you push it out to other people that you know. I, I just put something on my LinkedIn, which I don't do very often, and I had half a dozen people are like, oh, man, I wish I could still listen to you. It's like, here's the podcast. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Right. And so now they're doing a binge <laughs> listen and going all the way back to one. So if you can push it out, give us a star rating, give us a review, and push it out in your socials, that, that helps us a lot. Yeah. A couple episodes people ask us about. Episode one uh, is about us leaving Terrestrial Radio. If you can listen to episode one, that's all there. Uh, episode 43 is about two phone calls that changed my life and the reason why. I stopped drinking concerning a phone call I had made uh, a number of years ago, and I share that on episode 43. And then episode three. Episode three is one of our lo- most listened to podcasts, and it's an episode where I'm super proud of my radio partner and just a great partner in life, uh, Ron, sitting over here, uh, because he shared a story about his birth mom. And that story kind of came full circle uh, during the holidays, didn't it? Yeah. So we, uh, my, just to give you the 60 second version, if you haven't listened to that or you're new to the show, I'm adopted. Uh, I was adopted at seven days old in Mount Vernon, Washington, and I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's where I met Dawn. I was in second grade with your little sister, and my big sister was in fifth grade with you. So we've known each other. Our families have known each other and been friends since the second grade or my second grade. And um, so when in 1999, we decided to do a big New Year's resolution show. And my resolution was I was going to get reunited uh, with, I was going to find my birth mother. It seemed like a big, epic thing to do. We played it out on the radio and that's what I did so over the course it probably took a year and a half or so to actually find her but I did we got reunited and so since that time it turned out as spectacularly as you could have hoped for uh we became friends I learned her story uh she was basically uh, a pregnant teenager I think she was 18 or 19 at the time and so uh, I've explained the story before you can go hear it on episode one but uh, unfortunately this past year um she passed away so Catherine uh, is her name. She passed away in March. And right after we were let go from the radio, I went down to California uh, in February. And I knew that the end was close uh, after visiting her in the hospital. And so that happened within weeks of us getting laid off. And then within weeks after that, I got a phone call that said, come back down. Um, she is going to do a uh, Catherine's chosen to do a death with dignity ceremony. And so I was there when that happened. And and they the family decided because it was just there was so much going on she died at her at their house in the backyard under the her favorite oak tree uh and it was like we we can't do a memorial service right now they had a bunch of people that were at that that ceremony the the death with dignity ceremony it was very one of the most intense things i've ever uh been experienced again that's episode three so the memorial was this last weekend so i, I flew back down 
And my brother came out with me. Uh, and so he just wanted to show, he wanted to, he represented the family that I grew up with. And so my, my dad's unable to travel anymore from Florida. They wish they could be there, but they couldn't. Mm. And so my brother was like, I, I'm going to come. I'm going to represent the rest of the clan. Mm. And so he was there, and that was uh, very well appreciated. So there, there's two tracks here. There's sort of the misadventures uh, with my brother, which we can talk about, or we can talk about the, the actual uh, day of the ceremony. I'll let you... <laughs> Let's start with the misadventures because you posted a picture. Uh, And your brother and I, we traveled last year. We went to uh, uh, Europe together. For the first time. The thing that I love about him, I love about him, your brother is a stone-cold hustler. He is. He he has like 29 jobs. And all his jobs involve helping people. And a lot of times they, they involve helping kids. And I love that about him. I love the fact that when we were traveling... Uh, and he found out, and, and he teaches at, he was teaching at this little school. He found out that the school really didn't have a tennis program because they didn't have a tennis coach. And so he just went online and looked at some YouTube channels and figured out how to play tennis and how to be a tennis coach and decided that he was just going to be a tennis coach. Then he found out that the tennis team didn't have a bus driver to get to the tennis games. So then he went and he got his Class C license so then he could drive a bus and he could drive the tennis team uh, to their tennis tournaments where he was now their coach, even though he had never played tennis. And he recruited his wife to coach the girls' team, even though neither yeah. of them have ever yeah. played tennis So before. you are talking about someone here that is brilliant. I think he's close to having his Ph.D. He has worked with, with challenged uh, children and kids his whole life. Uh, he also works out on a farm. And if you're bailing hay and you need some help, you pick up the phone and you call him. He is one of the most earnest, loving, caring people that I have ever met, and I really appreciate the fact that you guys went to California, and while you're there, you introduced him to an experience. Well, he's also one of the pickiest eaters you've yeah, ever met. you introduced him to an experience that he had never experienced before. You put it up on your social channels, and I was, peeing, crazy. I was peeing my pants. It was so funny and delightful. So I don't know if any, <laughs> if you've ever lived with or had a family member that's a picky eater. It's it's a real thing. Yeah. They they, they chew. Uh, we have a former radio partner back at uh, Cairo that was a picky eater. They they have a very limited palette of, of items that they will eat. If it's not there, they just won't eat. Mm. And and so my brother, that's him. He, he, does, he there's a long list of things he doesn't eat. There's he knows what he likes to eat, and that that's it mm. and so we were um in oakland california it's a couple <laughs> days before the the memorial service yeah and uh and he sprung it on me hmm. he goes are you have you ever heard of of foe and i said yeah no I've, first he said ronnie because he calls you yeah, ronnie. he calls me ronnie that's what I, I love being around him when he calls you ronnie and you're he's the only one i think that's allowed to call you ronnie right? my sister can do Your that sister well. leslie so calls you ronnie. She, okay. he says have you ever heard of foe and i'm like i, I have heard of foe <laughs> And he goes, I was thinking maybe we can try some pho. I love it. And I was like, all right, man, let's do it. Let's do it. And he, then he said, will there be onions in there? <laughs> and I said, well, we can probably have them hold the onions. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. So I, I look up the best uh, pho restaurants in Oakland. We find Monster Pho, and we go over there. And uh, we're going to order some pho. Now, everywhere your brother goes, he represents New Mexico because he's he lives in Stanley, New Mexico. I noticed online that he did have his, Wait, New, his Mexico, New Mexico trucker hat. He had his New Mexico hat on. He Absolutely. was re- he, he wants everyone to know that he's representing New Mexico and the Lobos. Right. So yeah. we order. Um, he just ordered what I ordered. I got the basic pho. 
It had the the beef brisket in there. That was it. Good. He got no onions. The, the guy was very gracious with us. Comes out, and I'm like, do you want basil? He's like, I don't know. Do I want basil? Like, it's up to you. So he put a, <laughs> a little bit of basil in there, a couple of sprouts. He put the jalapenos in there. And then he never used a pair of chopsticks. Oh, wow. Because as a picky eater, why would he? He's 60? He's, he's, uh, he's going to be he's 59. He's 59, yeah. So um, he's never used a pair of chopsticks that's because right. he's not that. that's just not his menu. His menu does not include a lot of Asian food. It's foods. okay, man. Yeah. So I got him a pair of chopsticks. He, it just wasn't happening. So I went over and got him a fork. <laughs> At least he tried. And so um, we're, we're going through, and yeah. he's, he's actually eating it. Yeah. Uh, he's eating some noodles. He's eating the, the brisket. Uh, he's slurping on some of the broth. And so I say, uh, and this is what I put on, the, on the, uh, the post. I'm like, all right, so what's your verdict? And I quote, I can eat it, but we're probably going to have to stop for pizza in a couple hours. And so... We finished, and I kid you not, two oh. hours later, he's like, did you know? So it's like, okay, you're in, we're in the Bay Area. So, so think about this for a minute. You got Alcatraz. You got wine country. You got uh, the Transamerica building. You got, you got the, the Golden, Salesforce Tower. You got, you got the Golden, Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. You got Alcatraz. You got the Presidio. You got, you got the Coit Tower. Twice, yeah. You got all of the, the, the waterfront, the sourdough bread, the whole deal. The Niners, the Raiders, right. the San Jose Sharks, the A's, the Giants. So my brother says. The Warriors. Did oh, you know yeah. that there's a 13-time world pizza champion? <laughs> In San Francisco. I was like, I did not know that. And he's no, like, no, no. he goes, let's go to Tony's. We just had fun. <laughs> so now we jump over the bridge. We pay our $6 toll. Yes. We're down into North Beach. We stop by Chinatown for a minute. Are to- you on the bar or you're in a No, car? we drove. You drove. Okay. Rented a car. Nice. He wanted to get his appetite back up. So we walked around Chinatown uh, and then we go down to North Beach to the 13 time. That's a real Chinatown too. Yeah. The 13 time world champion in the world pizza championships. Tony. Tony, How, uh, that's incredible that someone associated with pizza that his name is Tony. Right. So Tony's got the uh, Tony uh, pizza by the slice in the cold fire oven. Great. He's got a whole row plus the International School of Pizza no. that my brother now wants to attend. But it is four thousand dollars for four days to <laughs> learn how to take pizza. Yeah. So we get our slices. It's actually one of the best slices of pizza I've ever had in my life. And then my brother just freezes. Mm. Eyeballs open up the size of saucers yeah. and uh, sausages or sausages. Yeah. And I'm like, Italian what's up? Sausages. And he's like, don't turn around. That's Tony. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Tony's right behind you. This is, goes, your, this is your brother who followed John Elway and Alice Cooper into the bathroom right. and had no problem doing that at the airport. Right. But he's blown away by Tony. Celebrity sighting. Love it. He has all his books okay. on pizza. And so Tony's right behind us in his chef whites, and he's doing some sort of interview, so great. Uh, some sort of media interview where he's walking with a reporter and showing them the, yeah. the pizza empire. Okay. And so I was like, you want to go get a picture? He's like, no, 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 no. So he doesn't want to get a picture mm. uh, with Tony, but we did see we, a celebrity sighting. Yeah. 
So we had uh, one of the best pieces of pizza that you could possibly have, 13 times. At one time I said 12-time world champion, and he corrected me, okay. that it is in different disciplines. Yeah. He's done thin crust. He's done the deep dish. Like Tony has range. He's also been a world champion at, at dough tossing, evidently, which I, is another division. I didn't even know that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, so that's a thing. Yeah. And uh, now I'm going to try to save up my pennies to get us uh, – our tuition to the World International Pizza College, uh, four grand for four days with Tony. Wait, your bro- you told us about your brother on a different episode about falling Alice Cooper into the bathroom and right. having a problem doing that. He learned his lesson. But he's blown away by Tony, the pizza he, guy? Oh, my gosh. Did he talk to him? No, we never talked to him. You my did. brother just finished up his slice. He was, he was doing an interview. Your brother would follow John Elway into a bathroom. Right. Into an NFL bathroom after the game. John Elway is naked with a towel on. Your brother will take pictures of him, but he won't talk to Tony. Nope. So we didn't talk to him. We just left it as a magical moment right there on the sidewalk. Something awesome about that. Yeah. yeah. All right, I guess we'll leave that as a magical moment. We're not going to leave you, though. We'll be back. In one minute, they heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Happy New Year to you guys. We come back, uh, Ron, on episode three, told a wonderful story about his mother, Alice, and then his birth mom, Catherine, and what it's been like with the help of Alice and Bob, uh, his parents, to find her. And Catherine passed away uh, earlier this year, and it was just so wrong for the family and I get that. After somebody passes, it is so raw. And sometimes it's good to take a time out and say, let's come back to this and really celebrate and remember just a gorgeous soul. Let's do that. And that's what they just did. And we're going to come back and hear about that next. It's the Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Happy 2020, you guys. See you in one minute, like I said. Hey, do you need some great real estate agents? Consider Agent Ron and my dad, Agent Don. Yeah. Hey, it's Ron here with Rich Ballman. Rich, this is a treacherous time of the year to drive. And you might be going, oh, I'm going to head over to eastern Washington. I'm going to head over to Idaho. You need to just bring the car in, get it checked out at Les Schwab. It's free. It sure is, Ron. You know, we offer the free pre-trip safety check at any point in time and we're going to remove the tires for you uh of course look at the uh look at the brakes and give you uh just an honest estimation of what's remaining uh uh in brake material look at your tires make sure that they're in good condition if they need to be rotated we'll go ahead and do that at that time we wouldn't charge anything for you to rotate the tires while we have them off uh go ahead and check the air of course you know in the winter uh, as, as the temperatures go down, uh, those darn TPMS sensors that are in our tires nowadays, you know, uh, they, they, the lights tends to start coming on on the dash. And so we encourage people, if that happens, just drop by. We'll check your air for you for free. But uh, we'd love to have you come in and see us to get ready for winter. Uh, make sure that you're up to speed and that when we get that incremental weather, sometimes a little snow, that uh, you're ready to go. Yeah, and sometimes it's the peace of mind of knowing, okay, I checked this out, I'm good to go, and it just lets you have some confidence when you're going to hit the passes. So thanks a bunch. Head out to Les Schwab. There's 85 stores to uh, to serve you. Head in and just say, Ron and Don told me I could get my free inspection to get ready for winter. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Here to your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don show. Uh, I spent Christmas Day with the Jim Brown family. That's my friend. 
who's just been battling stage four cancer uh, down at Olympia. I went down to see him, his wife, Regina, three lovely kids. Uh, we all sat together, had a great time. And then he's like, hey, I got to go. I'm skiing along. I felt a little under the weather, almost didn't go down there. And he's like, really? I have stage four cancer. You're not coming <laughs> down here. I don't feel sorry. I uh, just sent me a picture. Uh, it's him and his Toyota. He's just pulled into a bay at Les Schwab. He goes, you know what? I'm getting a free free trip safety check. Nice. Like you guys always talk about. Uh, don't forget a free free trip safety check with Les Schwab. Pull in there. Let the guys charge you hundreds, not Les Schwab. When you're ready to hit the mountains like Jim is, uh, get your rig checked out. Make sure you're ready to go. Because uh, the snow is flying. Uh, Ron just shared a story about his brother, and I think it's so beautiful and so cool that he wanted to represent uh, the family that you grew up with. And I know that your brother is 10 years older than you, almost 60 years old. Uh, And he was one of the ones in your family that wasn't adopted. You were adopted, Leslie. uh, I grew up with Leslie. She was adopted. And then Rob was actually Bob and Alice. That was their baby, right? No, it's my dad was married before. Oh, it was your dad. Okay. So he, uh, but natural for my dad. Natural from your dad. Right. So, so anyway, he wanted to go to the Bay with you. He wanted to represent your family. It sounds like you did a beautiful job. You guys met Tony, which I love. Uh, and then there was a remembrance there of Catherine, her life, your birth mom. What, what, was, that, what was that like? You just showed me the program. And uh, it says on it, it's a beautiful picture of her. And then it says it's a mom oriole, a memorial, which I just love. Doors open at 1230, opening words, food time. That's right, because she always loved to feed everybody. Really? Food time. And then there were stories, there was music, there was sharing, there was a walk in the garden, there was closing words, and then the door closed. And it says, you can no longer see me, but please know that I am there. I am the flowers in the garden. I am the wind beneath your hair. And that's from Sherry Rockhill right there in a beautiful picture of her, January 9th, 1950 through March 23rd, 2019. Yeah, and so thank you for reading that. It was, so this is, it's a little bit of a strange story in this regard. Um, Nearly everyone in that room. So it was, it was probably... I don't know, 80 to 100 people in this hall at the, it was right on, there's Lake Merritt in Oakland. It's a beautiful lake in downtown Oakland, and there is an Arboretum building there. And so it was in that building, and so you could look out into the into the garden, a very nice uh, uh, garden that they have on, on the shores of the lake. So it was very picturesque, and she loved to garden and love flowers. And so nearly everybody in that room, so their version of this story is that they all knew them as a family. So Catherine and John and their two daughters. So virtually everyone in that room. And so they and, and the family invited me to speak and they've been very inclusive of me, which is, I think, awesome because they don't they don't need to be technically, you know, legally, my my parents are my parents. So, you, you know what I'm saying? So on my birth certificate, it says my mom and dad's name, not not her name. And that's the legal status. So like there's no there's no. They don't have to do anything. They're not obligated. They're like, I have no rights necessarily as, as, a, as a child. Yeah, and let me say on the other, that, that, that you aren't obligated to go there. You, aren't ob- sure. you, aren't, you aren't, weren't obligated when she summoned you and asked you to, because she wanted you to come. Right. Uh, you weren't obligated to do that at all. And let's be very clear, if you haven't listened to episode three, when you first reach out to her, the family did not know about you. Well, and she, her husband did, but the girls did not. So, so they needed time to process and to share 
before they said, okay, we want to introduce you. We want to inter- yeah, introduce you Yeah, and over the last Ron. close to 20 years, we, I've, I've forged a very good relationship with, with all of them. And so it's been, it's been great. 20 years? Close to it. Like wow. maybe 19 years, 18 wow. years. So, uh, wow. so they invited me to have the opportunity to speak. And so it was very – it was strange for me because I knew that most of those people didn't know the story. And uh, when other people would speak, mm. they would talk about the family, which they should, because that's what they knew their entire lives and their whole experiences with them as a family. Uh, and I didn't grow up with them. And, and they're like I said, my name, last name is different, etc. Like there's no re- there's no reason for anyone to know unless you knew. And there were a couple of people that I knew knew the story. So it became my turn to, to go up there and speak. And um, I was like, OK, well, how am I going to how do I thread this needle? Like what, what, a, how does this make sense to anybody? And B, how do I, uh, how do I tell this story? And I'm going to try to not choke up here. So a couple minutes before I'm supposed to get up and speak, they were running these, the slideshow the whole time of that they'd put together, uh, of different pictures throughout Catherine's life. So a short minutes before I'm supposed to go up there, the picture shows up of my mom and Catherine together. And I wasn't expecting that. Mm. And and my brother sitting next to me, and both of us were just like, "Oh my god!" Mm. Like it was. It makes me almost tear up right now thinking about it. Mm. And so I didn't expect that picture to show up. It show up. It was very moving. And so I got up there to speak. And so I just kind of I, I I took the mic and I was like, "Hi, my name is Ron. Uh, most of you don't know me. I'm adopted, and Catherine was my birth mother." And so I just sort of let that, there was kind of like a little bit of a murmur in the audience. And so I just sort of let that sit for a second. People had to go, oh, let me do the math on this. Uh, and I was like, Catherine, and, and, and her brother was there, her big brother, Larry. So I'm like, I sort of was like, Larry, when she was 19, and I don't even know if Larry knew uh, how it all went down. And so I sort of tell that story a little bit. I tell of how we met. And then my, my biggest message, and I started crying like a baby up there and I'm I'm not, I, I wasn't expecting that. It wasn't my intention, but it just, it, it overwhelmed me a little bit uh, after seeing that picture. But the biggest thing and my biggest takeaway that I tried to bring home were just three moments of, of extreme courage that I thought that she had. Number one is being a teenager, deciding to have the child and then I think every teenage mom that I've ever talked to, they all say that um, they want to go on and do things with their life. It's like, okay, I'm, I've chosen adoption and I'm going to go and you know make something of my life. And I think most of them really don't. Like if we're honest, like most teenage uh, mothers, maybe maybe that's unfair. Many of them don't. Many of them, it, it, it got them off on the wrong foot and their life sort of doesn't become what they intended. Is that fair or does that seem really callous? No, I'm, I'm just going to listen. I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, In my experience, because yeah. I've spoken at schools with uh, where girls are uh, contemplating adoption, a lot of times it, it sends the train off the tracks and it's very difficult for them to get the train back on the tracks. Mm-hmm. So I want to be fair to, to everyone. So the first moment of courage is, is just saying, I'm going to give this child up for adoption. I thought that that's extremely brave. And then she actually did the thing, went back, had, I think three master's degrees, uh, got her college education, had an amazing career, got remarried, had two daughters, like really did have an exemplary life. And so that to me was a very courageous thing. The second moment of courage when it comes to me 
was agreeing to be reunited. And so she, I, I had the right to go look for her. She had the right to say no. And we've talked about this before. And so it takes some courage to go, wow, I don't know what this person wants. I don't know kind of what their life has become. And so do I want to open that Pandora's box? I have a family. I have a new husband. I have two daughters that don't know about this. Her parents didn't know about it. Uh, A lot of those people in the room didn't know about it. So it's like, do I want to open that up? Like, do I really want to embrace this? And so to me, that's the second moment of courage that I really just respected. The, the fact that it took her a couple months to think about it. And then she's like, I'm going to do this. And so we got reunited. And then, like I said, it worked out great. As, as good as it possibly could. And then the third and the most courageous moment is facing down cancer, ovarian cancer. In her final days, she decided, I want to go out on my terms. And here in the state of Washington, Oregon, California, all of them have the death with dignity law, which now that I've seen it up close, it's a fantastic law. There could be some tweaks uh, in the law, at least in the California version of it. I, I haven't experienced the Washington version, but to, to witness somebody have the courage to look death straight in the eye and say, I'm going out on my terms was one of the most courageous things I've ever seen. It was, it's remarkable. Mm. And I'm going to carry that with me through the end, end of my life. And so I just, I, I tried to make those things known to the audience and then just say, hey, all of us, I think if there's an object lesson to me talking today about my interactions with my birth mother, it's that all of us need to summon courage at times in our lives. And if you, if you choose courage more so than than not more often than not then i think life has a way of of working out in the end even if it's not what you thought it was going to be or not what you thought you deserved uh, i think choosing courage is always better than not yeah i think it took a lot of courage uh, not just on your part but on bob and alice's part absolutely and on your whole family's part on both sides uh and, and Catherine's daughters, which are your sisters. Just a lot of courage there. And the fact that there'd be so many families that would be afraid to have you stand up and speak. Yeah. They just want you to sit in the back and be quiet and have a celery stick. But to hand you a microphone and say, tell your story. And tell your story um, in your connection with Catherine. And let there be no judgment here. I, th- I think it... It took a lot of courage of all of you, so. Happy day uh, after New Year's. How your New Year's resolutions and decisions go. A lot of us have maybe uh, decided to get a new exercise regimen. We're going to eat a certain way. We're going to give this up, say yes to this, no to that. And then a lot of us want to sit down and start reading books, right? We come back, Ron's going to tell you about a book he's been reading. I'll tell you about a book I just started reading that I absolutely love. And uh, you can share with us. In fact, find us on Facebook. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. And uh, share some books that maybe you're reading as we head into 2020. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Back in one minute, it's the Ron and Don Show, brought to you by Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you got three. It's three episodes of the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
Do you have a dog like my dog, Charlie? Buy him a Ron and Don Nation bandana. Dog bandanas out now at ronanddon.com. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. Don, it is winter driving season. A lot of folks are going to head up to ski. They're going snowboarding. They're trying to get over the pass. Maybe it's time to go visit grandma for the holidays, and you know you're driving over to eastern Washington. This is the time of year. that you, Do you know if your tires are safe? Do you know if you're ready? Do you need studs? Do you need chains? There's a lot going on for winter safety. Well, and where you got to be careful is a lot of times you can go up to the pass. You can't get turned around and they're like, hey, you need chains or cables, or you can't move forward, and now you're stuck in the pass. Or let's say you have chains and cables and you haven't put them on in a couple of years and you don't know how to put them on. Now you're in a panic in the past trying to put them on. You don't know how to do it. And now you're having to go over and ask other motorists, how do I put these chains and cables on? And a lot of times they're trying to put on their own. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. If you have chains and cables right now, they'll show you how to put them on, even if you didn't buy them from the store. If you don't have them, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Make sure you have tires, uh, chains, and tire cables as we head into the holiday season and as we head into this winter season, all right? LesSchwab.com. Let's say it together, doing the right thing. It matters this winter. All right, don't forget uh, Ron and Don Licensed Brokers as we head into 2020. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit-Down, and we just come to you. You come to us. We sit down. We have a cup of coffee, beverage of your choice, and we just kind of talk about where you're at on your real estate journey. My friend Laura reached out to me two days ago and said, hey, I got a property over in West Seattle, January 28th. Can you guys bring it on? I said, well, let's sit down and talk about it. Of course we can bring it on. So we're going to sit down. Next week, when uh, she gets back in town from Chicago, we're going to do a Ron and Don sit-down with her. Done a lot of Ron and Don sit-downs as we head into 2020, and we want to be a part of your journey. And sometimes part of the journey is saying, hey, you have a hell of a piece of real estate here. Let's try to hang on to it. Let's not sell it. Uh, or maybe let's sell it five years from now, right? Yeah, hang on to this thing. Why wouldn't you? Real estate market screaming right now. Just screaming as we head into 2020 really amazing you can write ron if you want to do a sit down just write ron ron at windermere.com just ron at windermere.com and uh, let us know when you're ready to sit down before we get out of here today as we head into 2020 a lot of people like to listen to books i still like to read books one of the reasons i like to read books is it fully engages your brain and especially when you sit down and you have a magic marker and you're bending pages, and you're going back, and you're reviewing, and you're underlying things. And especially when I read at night, I find a lot of times I wake up in the morning, and I start reading the same thing, and I'm like, wow. It, it, for some reason, as I get older, it's like brand new to me in the morning. That, that's how forgetful I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming at the age of 50. I'm like, this is really good stuff right here that I underlined just eight hours ago as, yeah. I, was, as I was falling asleep. It's brand new to me in the morning when I wake up and I look at what I'm underlining. Uh, anyway, a couple books that I'm reading right now. Uh, before I get to those, though, any books you're reading right now? And a lot of times when I jump on a plane, that's when I start devouring books. And uh, you just came back from California. I have uh, a couple books that I'm reading right now. And one of them, I actually think it would be good for a lot of people. It's called This is Marketing. It's by Seth Godin. And it is not a marketing book. It's a book about how you just think and you interact in the world. He does a really interesting, has an interesting way of describing where we're at as a culture right now. And so his, his 
catchphrase, if you will, is go make a ruckus. Hmm. And what he means by that is find the thing that is your thing and then engage with that community and make a ruckus, like make a noise, Hmm. make uh, something that people are going to pay attention to. And so he just describes how the world has evolved in terms of marketing. And, And it's so he comes at it from a marketing angle because we're just barraged with it all day long every day whether it's email pings or our phone buzzing or uh, on the radio on tv and magazines and print everywhere you're and he's like that it doesn't work anymore and he describes if you are going to engage in today's world how you do it so that has been really interesting for me uh to read and then the second one that i have right by where i eat breakfast every day is called uh, Tribe of Mentors. And it's a compilation book from uh, Tim Ferriss, who does a, a blog and he has a bunch of New York Times bestsellers. But it's an interesting concept. What he did is he wrote down the exact same 10 questions and he was, I think he was turning 40. And he thought, if I could surround myself with the best mentors in the world right now, who would they be? And so he started to brainstorm a list and he listed just some people that he knew and some people that he didn't know. And he went big. So he like the uh, titans of industry, fitness people, athletes, inventors, like the biggest names and some of the most obscure names in the world. And so then he sent these questions out to all of them. And he's like, hey, I'm going to make this into a book. You can answer it. You can not answer it. Answer one question. Answer all 10. Doesn't matter. He's like, uh, and he reached out personally to this list of several hundred people that he would love to be mentored by. And so, and then he compiled into a book all of the answers. And so you get the same, you get advice and insight along the same things across all these different disciplines. And so when I have my coffee and my breakfast in the morning, I go through it and they're very short chapters. So each person might be three or four pages. Uh, and they'll tell you like one of the things that he says is what's your, what's your greatest failure? And so he'll ask someone that was an Olympic athlete or someone that has sold a company for a billion dollars. What was your looking back now? What was your best failure? And so it's just, it's remark that I love that question because people get to look back and go at the time, I was crushed when this life event happened. I went for, I tried to get into the, into a prestigious college or my first company just went up in flames or I got a divorce when I thought I wasn't going to get a divorce. And then that turned out to be my greatest failure. And because then if that wouldn't have happened, this wouldn't have happened. And so everybody goes, most of the people go through and they explain that. And then that's also where I got the idea on our show of the, the thing that you bought for under a hundred bucks that's changed your life. Yeah. That's one of his questions. And he asked all these, so some going to be a billionaire mm. and they'll get super excited about a thing that cost him $49. Yeah. And so I read that it starts my day off. It's not the news. I'm not reading about impeachment mm. or a war yeah. or a shooting that happened in a church or a synagogue. I'm not going right to my email or to a swipe app or to Instagram or to Facebook and start going into the, it's like, it's my mind is fresh. I read some things that get me thinking, and I actually took a picture of one of the quotes and texted it to you the other day. Sometimes if something really hits me, I'll text out an inspirational thing that I've just read to some friends to encourage them through the day. I was so inspired by it, I don't remember the quote. Neither, what neither was, do I, what it was, was it? very inspiring. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so it's just, it's a, so those are my two. Yeah. No, I got, you, you sent some, you, something different is going on in the morning for you, because every once in a while, I'll, I'll I'll get something that's very kind, very inspiring. You've kind of developed this uh, this morning routine, and it's made a it, it's made a difference for you. I'm trying, it? man. If I can do it, if I can do uh, ten minute guided mindfulness training with Sam Harris, 
uh, the waking up app. You should go do it. It's great. Uh, and then I do, I'm doing this 30 day yoga challenge with Adrian on, Are you? on the YouTubes. Awesome. And then, uh, if I can do those two things and then read this deal before breakfast, yeah. It's my day is usually pretty is this, good. Is this all happening in the book nook or is this in different places? Uh, sometimes in the book nook, sometimes okay. uh, not. The book nook's going away because yeah. I'm moving. You back. know what? You know what changes you when you if you do wake up and don't reach for your phone and don't reach for your tablet and don't jump on the computer, don't ch- start checking your email and predetermine what you're going to do in those first couple minutes. It will change the course of your day. It really will. And even if it's not going om om om, and no, that's not what I do. Even, even if you're not doing all the the kumbaya stuff. If you wake up and really just take a moment for yourself, because a lot of times we immediately start taking care of others. We start taking care of somebody else's business. Uh, We start taking care of our children, our partners, whatever it is. Take a moment and really take care of yourself. It means I have to get up an hour earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. Like you that's take, a great hour. Take care of yourself and then boom, then you can turn the mirror on your life and you can you can you can take care of others. A couple of books I'm reading right now that I'll share with you. Uh our friend Diane Terry from Windermere gave me a book. It's called Blueprint. It's about the blueprint of your life, the blueprint of your business. Uh if you're in real estate, it's a great it, it, it's a great read for that. Or if you're in any kind of business, read the book called Blueprint. I think you're gonna love it. Second book I'm reading right now is a book about Jay Z. And the thing that I'm learning about Jay-Z, who has made over a billion dollars, right? He's the richest rapper DJ ever. Over a billion dollars he has put in his pocket. And he's put a lot of money in other people's pockets, too. And he's also, as he's gotten older, become very vulnerable. And he's revealed a lot of things that uh, I really relate and connect to. Um, and chapter one is all about hustle, because you always hear about hustle. In fact, in my spin classes over the years, I would yell at my students and yeah. Or my son in the morning when he's running a little late, I'm like, Gunnar O'Neill on the hustle. And when I go running with my friends, uh, a lot of times when we're running stairs, we'll just look at each other and we'll scream, on the hustle. Or sometimes when we're just digging ditches or working on a house doing demo, we always yell on the hustle. Sometimes you got 98 problems. Yeah. And you know what you find out and what Jay-Z found out is having hustle is not enough if you don't have a plan. You can have hustle, but you also have to have a plan, and that's what the book Jay-Z is about. And that's also what the book Blueprint's about. It's about having hustle. But, hey, do you have a plan, too? It's not enough. It is not enough just to have hustle. And then, finally, uh, there's a book I started reading a couple years ago. It's by a gentleman by the name of Ryan Holiday. And Ryan Holiday did a lot of research for uh, Robert Greene. And I don't know if you've read any of Robert Greene's stuff. Uh, over the years, he has, he, has, he has written some New York Times bestsellers. There's a book that he, call, that he has written called The Obstacle is the Way. A lot of guys in NFL locker rooms, NBA, baseball players, all that, they have read this book. A lot of great athletes have read this book. A lot of people have read this book. And when I started reading this book, a friend gave it to me, The Obstacle is the Way. I had to put it down because I just saw myself in this book. And it's a book about enlightenment, about moving forward, about really looking at your life, investigating uh, being more vulnerable, dealing with your fear, finding courage. And I looked at this book, and it was right after my little sister had died, and I was just like, I cannot go there right now. I just can't. It's too tender. It's too much. It's too real. I put that book down for a number of years. I picked it up two years ago and read it, and it kind of started me on this journey. The obstacle for me is the way. Not running from obstacles, but turning toward them and moving through them. And uh, I've shared before with that obstacle and what some of those obstacles are for me. He has a new book out. 
and it's called Stillness. It's a follow-up to the I was going to say, it's still the obstacle, stupid. Well, you know what? It's called Stillness, and Stillness is the key. And what he writes about is what we were just talking about when you get up in the morning. Uh, are you okay with silence? Are you okay with stillness? He talks about some of the great thinkers of uh, going all the way back to Socrates uh, and some of the great thinkers today, like Jay-Z. He talks about Jay-Z. And he said, you know what? People that are great thinkers, people have, that have done a lot of great things in our culture and with their lives, even going back to Mother Teresa, they make sure that they take a time out and that they're still. They make sure that they take a time out during the course of the day and that they're silent. They make sure that they take a little time out and that they connect not only with self, but they also connect with humanity and they make sure they really connect with spirit and they connect with their soul. And this is the thing that I love. And he talks about this, that if we'll take time to really be silent, turn off those screens, take off those headphones, to really be silent. And for you, it could be when you're exercising, could be when you're going on a run and just hear the pitter-patter of your feet. Could be when you're walking your dog. Could be when you grab that cup of coffee in the morning uh, and you're just hanging out in the silence of the house before the family gets up. He says what silence allows us to do is to really start hearing and to turn down the volume of our lives and to not be afraid of what silence can do in each and every one of us because it really is transforming. All right. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. Here we come into 2020. I hope you guys are excited about that. And don't forget, silence could be the key to all of it. We'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show. Why wouldn't you be listening on the Ron and Don? Hey, G4 O'Neill. Brains over software. And the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.